Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Growing Woman. I am your host, Christina Singh, and this is a show all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Welcome, and boy, oh boy, do we have a beautiful episode this week for you all. I am so excited. Rhonda Khan is on the show this week, and Rhonda is just absolutely incredible. Rhonda is a public speaking coach, a speech therapist, speaker, and solo performer, and she specializes in empowering women, so you know we're about to have a real good time. As the founder of Simply Speech Solutions, Rhonda gives women of color and diverse teams the tools to amplify their voices, move through fear, and own the room. This conversation is so gorgeous. Rhonda and I talk about her business, how she started her business, her mission, um, moving through fear, embracing your power, using your voice, and how she's really creating space for women of color. And it's just so important, the work that she does. I This episode just resonated with me so deeply. I think at one point during the episode, I said, like, I'm on fire. This is so awesome. Like, And I just strongly feel, no matter who you are, these words that um, you know, we're speaking in this episode, these, these tools, these lessons are going to be useful for anyone in their life. But in particular, I really hope women of color listen to this episode and really hear and feel that, um, your voice, our voices are powerful and they're worthy and, we deserve to embrace our power. And if you're listening to this and you're not a woman of color, I encourage you to reach out to the women of color in your life and uh, either share this episode or talk to them about, you know, authentic communication and and embracing their power and support them in their goals. Um, You know, I think they're in every single episode we talk about female allyship. When it comes to these topics, it's so, so important. Um, because it's overwhelming to embrace your power and your voice. But when you can um, do that with support and allyship, it really changes everything. And I think that is exactly what Rhonda is doing right now with her work. Um, she is such an incredible uh, speaker, obviously, and she just knows her stuff. So enjoy this episode with Rhonda. If you want to find her, check out the show notes in the episode because there is so much goodness there on how you can find her and how you can work with her. All right, everyone, enjoy this episode with Rhonda Khan. Rhonda, thank you so much for being on Growing Woman. I am so thrilled to have you here on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, me, Christina. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to dive in. Um, I found you online and I was so uh, driven to your content, to your mission, to the way your content looks. I think everything that you put out into the world looks so beautiful. Um, and you are the founder of Simply Speech Solutions. And I really wanted to talk to you about how you started your business. And then I wanted to talk to you about how you present yourself to the world, because I am so impressed by both of those things. Um, and I just think that you are such a beautiful resource for people who are looking for um, just help in this area. And, and I think when you're targeting women and we're talking to women, there are just so many buckets that you hit in your business. So how did you come to found Simply Speech Solutions? How did this all come about in your life? Well, like many entrepreneurs, I never imagined being one, nor did I set out to. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. at the time, so we have to dial back probably, I don't know, six to 12 months before that. Okay. I am a licensed and certified speech language pathologist. That's what I went to school for. I have two degrees in that. I worked in schools and homes, helping children with developmental delays and different language and learning challenges in those ways. And I also had been a working actor for many, many years. And mm. those things happened together throughout my life. So my first year as a speech pathologist, I was in a, a non-equity theater play, like a non-union play. So it was wow. always together. I spent time taking turns with both. So sometimes I did, you know, plays in the evening and work during the day. And then sometimes I would, 
you know, I quit my job full time and was like, I'm going to be an actor. got an agent, did commercials and theater and that kind of thing. And I think that there was a moment where I was just like, the industry is too much for me right now. Um, And maybe period. I'm a, you know, acting the 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 art of theater and performance and acting is something I will always will always be one of my main loves but the industry is a whole nother thing it's like a whole other thing and there was a point where I was just like you know I need to re I need to find the joy and so in 2015 or 2014 rather I was invited to to be a part of an artist retreat and in that artist retreat the whole idea was like to reconnect with what your art really is. And it was all actors and it was in Costa Rica. It was really wonderful. And we had to create something there. And so my thing I was creating ended up becoming my one person show called Food, which is the evolution of my relationship with food and my body. And, and you know, I it got such response that the retreat I did, they were like, you got to keep going. So I ended up producing it and getting into a theater festival and then creating wow. this touring this. And so this is 2015 where I, I originally did it for a, a big solo festival. And, you know, I was just like, cool, like I'm ready to not be a speech therapist. Oh, I wanted to keep being a speech therapist, but I was like, I'm, t- I'm kind of like moving forward from seeing children. I was at the time working at a firm in Manhattan doing like professional speech therapy, which is like a little bit of public speaking, a little bit of accent modification, which mm-hmm. I have like personal views about the problematic stuff of that. But like right. basically corporate people who wanted to improve their communication, it was very like rigid and bureaucratic. And, but I learned a lot and I was doing that. I was doing my show. I was still seeing kids throughout Brooklyn with my big bag of toys. And all of this was happening. And I was just in a shift of like, there is something more. I get pregnant midway into this. And, you know, I was just like, wow, well, I mean, I I had these shows booked for my one woman show. I had all these different jobs and I'm like, well, we're going to keep going till it's time. And then, you know, last month I'll stop everything. I'll do my maternity leave and I'll be back at it. And I think I want to do my show. And I think I just want to like, that's going to be my work. But then I got a pregnancy complication that put me on bed rest in the middle of my pregnancy when I was 22 weeks uh, and I'll talk about it because I think it's really important. Yeah. I know you're also a mom for mm-hmm. people to understand all the things that could happen when you were pregnant. Cause some, you know, there, you know, obviously there's a whole conversation about loss and that. And then it's also yes. like when you haven't had a normal pregnancy, like, you know, this, it's a whole different experience. And so midway yeah. through my pregnancy, I found out that I had what's called incompetent cervix. And what incompetent cervix mm-hmm. means is that your cervix shortens. That's something that naturally happens as we know when it's time to deliver, but it shortens before it's time. And so you are at risk for preterm labor. And oh, at the wow. time I was 20 weeks when we found that out. And we know that that is not the time for that to happen. And no. that's a really scary time. So instantly I'm on bed rest instantly. Uh, I, you know, have to go to emergency surgery and get what you call is a cerclage where they have to like, uh, you know, they basically like do everything like, a, you know, keep everything together and right. prevent you from, you know, p- delivering before your time. But then you have to be at home and you have to sit, you know, you don't have to lay down the whole time, but you have to sit. And we weren't as virtual savvy as we were. So I couldn't see my early intervention children anymore. I couldn't see half of my clients in the corporate uh, speaking thing I did because we weren't, you know, everybody wasn't virtual and some people really wanted to do in person. So I like slashed those clients in half and I was just at home, you know, trying to preserve my pregnancy. Right. And so thankfully everything worked out. I had a beautiful son and, uh, you know, normal delivery. Thankfully, like that part was normal. I'm very grateful for that. But at the time, you know, I didn't have regular income. My husband, freelance video editor, he worked a lot, but like, you know, you know how it is in New York City. And then it's also, I was there and I'm just like, am I going to pay for childcare to go back to doing all these little things and leave my baby? Like, you know, like, is it worth the amount of like, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot or am I going to stay home and just be with my kid a little longer until I figured it out? So I was an unplanned stay at home mom for the first six months. And then, uh, and then around six months, you know, when I'm, you know, nursing all day and I'm with this kid and I'm in my beautifully sunny, but very isolated Brooklyn apartment with this kid all day. I was just like, well, what if I start a business? I don't have anything to lose. Maybe (laughs) 
I will combine, you know, being a speech therapist, being an actor, I've been a public speaker, you know, presenter, like this is my jam all, all, and this is what I really loved of all that I did. What yeah. if I do this? And so, you know, I started, you know, just looking up on my phone, like, you know, how to start a business, going to Pinterest of all places wow. and being like, you know, finding blog articles and like downloading stuff and looking at, you know, anybody's webinar yeah. while I got my kid in one hand. And then I, you know, got my LLC and just, just started to develop what I thought of a business. And it was born, you know, four years ago oh around this time. Gosh. Yeah. This whole story, I can relate to many components of your story, um, particularly the unexpected nature of being a mother and how, I mean, just to be very transparent, how we're not really built to support new moms in our culture nope. Nope. and how hard it is to have the shift in your life that I don't feel like men feel where you're choosing between so many things. And if they are feeling it, not, I don't think to the extent that women are. And I'm making a face right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> So you know. <laughs> and I think that there is this wild shift that goes on. And you had that happen in so many ways um, throughout your pregnancy. And I'm so sorry you had to go through um, such a scary period during your pregnancy. It's already so scary. <laughs> and I think we also don't talk about that enough, how it also is very scary being pregnant in general, because you're just anxious about everything that could happen. And then something does happen. And that anxiety goes to the roof. Um, I did not have nearly the same complication you did, but I did have gestational diabetes during my pregnancy. Mm. And I had to manage that throughout. And it was scary because you just don't know how these things are going to turn out. Mm. But I think I can so relate to that moment of you holding your kid and looking around and being like, okay, well, what's going to bloom from this moment? You know, what am yeah. I planting right now? Yeah. And I also love that you've had so many moments of evolution. It sounds mm -hmm. like in, and you were really forced to kind of hone in and zone in on that moment. So Thank you for your vulnerability right up at the top of the show. And I'm so grateful for that. And I also feel like there are so many people who can relate to your story of not knowing how to start and not knowing um, what to do. You have an idea. Okay. How do you, you have a skill set, a beautiful, mm -hmm. amazing skill set that so many people need, and you know, you can funnel it into a vision and an action and a plan. So how do you start? So when you were going through all of this and you were on Pinterest and you were looking through, you know, how to start a business, what did your business look like in that incubation phase as you were growing it initially? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, okay, let me write down whatever services that I could possibly provide. And, right. and often when we start, we're pulling from what we see. So I'm like, what are every, what's everybody else doing? Okay. Well, maybe I'll do this. And it was a lot of, I do everything because which is what a lot of times we think works during business when actually that's, that's <laughs> what people want yeah. is your, your specialty and your niche or niche, whatever you, however you say it. And it started with like, I had a website for my, my play up. Right. And I had a fun video up where I talked about what not to say to your relatives when they're eating during Thanksgiving. Cause you know, sometimes a lot of people do shaming things about, <laughs> yes. like, you know, are you going to eat that, this or that. And it just so happened that one of my previous clients referred another person to me and she saw the video of me talking about not public speaking, but just that. And she was like, okay, I can work with her. And so then she reached wow. out and like emailed me from my performance website and was like, yeah, I'm looking for coaching. You know, she happened to be an actor and this or that. And so it was like, you know, it, I do believe, I don't believe in coincidences. And it was like me setting the intention that this is what I want to do. And then probably within that month, I got three people randomly like reach out like, hey, do you do this thing? And I didn't have a website at the time or wow. anything, you know? And so it was like, though that was my learning ground. And I just like crafted services based on what they needed. 
Uh, and you know, I wasn't charging <laughs> hardly anything at that time compared to what I charge. And that's what we often do. But I was just so grateful for those initial clients because I got to just realize that this is, this is something that I can do. And, and then I also at the, in the same vein, I started to create a level of, um, I started to create a training, like a training that I could do for companies, but I pitched co-working spaces in Brooklyn, like, Hey, I got this training. Can I do it for your members for, you know, ask them, could I do it for free? Right. right, right, right. And one of them said, yes. Um, and it happened, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very nice co-working space in Brooklyn and nobody came, but my friends. <laughs> so we posted things, nobody came, but my friends, but that very first workshop laid the foundation for literally all of my trainings and stuff that I do now, all of my frameworks, all of like, it was like, how, so? me let, how did, how did that do that? Well, bec- and, and I didn't know then, right? I just was like, I did this workshop, but it let me know that this, this is stuff, they all appreciated what I did. Like everybody who came and they were like, this is really valuable. But it let me know that I did have something to offer. I did have something here with these slides that I created via Canva and this framework that I created, you know, while my son was having a nap, because that's literally what it was for yep. those first two years of business was like, I didn't have childcare. I didn't have relatives that live here that can take care of my kids. And he wasn't yep. in preschool yet. So it was like, it was like me finding that time, but I was like, this is something here. That's what it told me. I have something here. Mm. And so I just kept iterating and developing that and Around that same time, one of the clients that I was working with that, again, I happened to be, this is when we could go outside. I was going to his office to help him with some pitches that he was doing. He runs a startup and he, I had like this thing I printed out of like my services that I was going to offer companies and I hadn't worked with a company yet. He happened to see it on the desk and he was like, what's that? I was like, oh, you know, I, I do stuff for companies. And he was like, yeah, I want you to come and do something for my company. I was like, oh. Okay. And so within a month, I was doing a workshop for his company and I did my first paid company workshop. And so a lot of it was like taking what I knew and creating something from that, putting it out there imperfect early without, you know, validation needed, but just like starting and doing with the very limited time and resources and capacity that I had and just trusting that the alignment would happen. And it started to, it just started to happen. And I think I think that is, that work for me. And that's also what I tell, you know, the clients that I work with and also just any fellow business people of, you don't need all the training and all the courses and all the stuff to get started. You need to align with your, your, your strengths, do something like create something, be okay with it being iterative or whatever it is, and just start moving forward. And your clarity will come from your action. Yes. But like, if you're waiting for the perfect situation to be like, okay, now it's time to go. I have everything. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And so my journey has been like continued repeated steps of that. Yes. I am so obsessed with this. Your, your clarity will come from your action, I think is so important and something I'm an, I'm a, an ideator. I'm a brainstormer. I have a vision. I love thinking about all of these ideas of what can happen. I am terrified as hell to take action. And I know that about myself, Mm -hmm. but once I do, it becomes so much more clear. Once you're taking those small steps and taking that action, you figure out what works and what doesn't work. Like you were saying that first workshop set the groundwork for everything you do Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. because you took that action Mm -hmm. and you probably, I mean, I'm speaking for you, but like I'm assuming you felt a bit more comfortable being in front of your friends during that first, yeah. Yeah. you know, workshop. So you could refine a little bit and learn and then mm-hmm. you know, keep going and keep going. Have there been moments and, you know, I, I don't know you, but I'm sure there were moments where you were afraid. I have, there been moments where you were fearful and how did you push through that? Yeah. I'm fearful now. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> fearful. And I think the challenge what a lot of people, you know, are misunderstanding about the path, whatever the, it is, the path that you're on, is that there will be a moment where you will not be fearful. 
And that's always, that's never going to stop chasing fearless. Like it doesn't exist. Uh, I need to hear that right now. (laughs) It doesn't exist. Just expect it and welcome it into like, just, and know that Mm. it's not a bad thing to have fear. It's there to, it's, it's a mechanism that's in our, in our system to help us like be able to discern what's not for us and what's not. And sometimes fear, what is and what's not for us rather. And sometimes fear you know, is doing the most because it's, yeah. it's preventing you from growing. And you have to just, what I've heard this a lot is it's like, honor it, acknowledge it, recognize when it's showing up, thank it, you know, like, okay, I know that you're trying to protect me, but I need to do this, you know, and we will be okay. It's not the yeah. same as like, I'm not going to fall off a cliff. I'm not going to get, you know, hit by like all these different, like really scary things that fear helps us know, like caution and danger it's not the same as like, I'm going to put this Instagram post up or I'm going to pitch this speaker or like, like this organization yeah. or uh, it's not the same thing. As far as my journey, there are so many things that make me fearful and I, even more so doubtful. Uh, so I'm careful to say this because I'm doing my own work, Christina, because we always do our own so work. Am I, yeah. But like, I, I, this is me doing my work and, and being careful about this language. In the entrepreneurial world, there are people who come from come from all different areas, right? And to 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 come to this, and I think anybody can be successful at anything they want to do. If you know, it's a matter of like deciding, taking action, uh, you know, aligning yourself with the proper resources, growing, training. But there's a huge voice in, especially the online business world, of people who have transitioned from corporate America to entrepreneurship. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I left my corporate job and now I'm blah, blah, blah. And, da, da, da. and like, that's a, that's a big narrative that's in the space. Yes. And that is not my narrative. And um, sometimes on my, so there are two things that happen with me. Sometimes, you know, the actual work I do of like coaching and training and speaking, that's my zone of genius. Like, that's why I'm like, put me in your pocket. Like, fine, I will talk. Yes. I will, I will serve. I will coach, um, transform. But running a business is a big learning curve for me because I do not have that corporate background and you don't need it. But like, even if it's not corporate, like a level, and I was just explaining this to a friend, like that level of like the structure of those kinds of jobs, because I never had those kinds of jobs. And so now that I'm growing beyond, I've grown beyond the solopreneurship space and the CEO Mm -hmm. space, there's so much stuff that I have to learn. And I feel often like, like, I don't even know the language that people are speaking sometimes. They're like, have you yeah. done all these acronyms? And I'm like, let me Google what that means. 100%. That? How do you grow a team? <laughs> what do you mean? What's a KRA? Like all of these like KPI, like, uh, yes. like it's, it's in like, it's totally capable for me to learn it, but that's where my imposter syndrome shows up and not even imposter syndrome, but just like the fact is like, I don't know stuff. And I think when people do come from that space, they're able to, just adapt faster to some of those things. And like, those are where my hiccups come in where I'm just like, you know, okay, I'm a leader now. How do, you know, like this is, this is, this is the space. I'm not just running. It's not just me and my clients. Like I'm leading a team. So like where, and, and I, and so how I work through it is there are plenty of transferable skills that I have. And so like, I really lean double down, you know, I have friends right. telling me this. So this, this work, this is not just, I figured this out. I'm like literally every day. You have a tribe. Like, yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, trying to really lean into like, yeah, well, I've managed a caseload of 60 plus kids in a school, you know, for, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've run, you know, I've been a leader in special education meetings and I've, 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 you know, I, because I'm like a clinical person and an artist, like those kinds of things make it really like, I'm really good with like you know, client and customers, like that kind of thing. And, and, yeah. and I'm also, you know, my creativity and the way I approach things as a leader, I'm deeply collaborative. Cause like, that's what most artists feels are like a theater is so collaborative. Um, but like, it's also being transparent of like, these are my roadblocks. Like I'm not that leader. That's like, do this, do this, do this. I'm collaborative. I'm democratic. Yes. Cause that's I'm the same way. Those are, the, those, those are where I came from. And so if you want that type of person, that's just going to be like, that's not, that's, you know, you got to be, we're all in the material together. We're a team. So yeah. We're a team. And so that is like those in those spaces, I get fearful, honestly, success makes me afraid. And yeah, I think people me need too. To be very, very transparent about that part too, of, um, you know, I'm not afraid of like, as you grow and as people start to see you growing, um, it's just like, you get in that thing where like, 
am I fooling everybody? <laughs> like, this, the imposter syndrome, like, do they think is this, you know, like we just yeah. were talking about before we started, I posted a job description. And so I feel like that presents people as this, but I'm like, if you knew why this is so important that I have this, right. it's not a milestone. It's like a help me out, sis, you know? <laughs> so it's like, so it's, it's, but like the need to have to qualify that versus like me honoring and celebrating, like, this is a problem that you have, but it's a problem. It's a good problem to have because you didn't have the need for this a year ago or two years ago. So it takes for me, like the fear thing is like, I am that person. Like I will, I will jump. You don't have to push me in the pool. I'll jump in the pool, but (laughs) I'll be flailing. (laughs) Right. You'll look and be like, will you come in with me? Like, what do I do now? Are you joining me in here? Can we have a party in the pool? Like, (laughs) right, right, right. Yes. I, I feel you so hard on all of these things that you've just said. And I'm so grateful for you saying them and being open about it, because I think we have to have these conversations in business. And it's really important for other people to know that there is somebody out there that feels the same way that they do about leadership, about business, about being out and up there on your own as a business leader and as a person that people look to. I have felt so many of these things that you're feeling, and I'm still obviously starting out in this journey, but I have a career outside of this show. And, you know, there are so many things that pop up as a leader, especially when you don't have somebody, um, you know, that you are reporting to, um, that you're, you know, saying, Hey, can you just double check that I did this one thing correctly? Mm -hmm. Or can you just, how can you just check that this is okay before I put this out there into the world? Um, you know, that story that you were mentioning about that future client that saw your list of offerings, you know, you created that and they said, Oh, Hey, what's this? that even that moment is scary where you're like, oh, someone's responding to something Mm -hmm. I myself put out into Mm -hmm. the world I created, I have now. And I think so many people can relate to that and can relate to that journey of, um, we don't know it all. We, (laughs) we're not supposed to know it all. We, um, are, going through this life and all of us have various experiences. Somebody might be the best uh, corporate leader and they have no idea how to talk to people just oh, like you're, oh, you know, and they need to call me. Cause yes. And they need to call you. <laughs> um, but I think the switch can flip for people um, throughout. You know, I, I also think that there is a corporate culture out there that might dictate way too much of how we operate around this stuff too. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I think it's great, but I think leadership um, is easily redefined over and over and over again with people. And you are a leader and you define that you're the person who takes that step into that role and embraces that leadership. It's scary as fuck, but it's important. And I think it's just something that, you know, we are, we should be embracing with each other, but also embracing the fact that it's scary and hard and we are not sure, you know, what the next step might be. So I would love to talk to you about these stories, um, that we're all telling ourselves and how this translate translates into your work and how you're working with people. Um, because you are obviously making a huge impact for your clients and I think it's, you know, not shocking that you started putting yourself out there and it snowballed and you started to see more and more people coming to you and interacting with your business and, you know, people finding a bit and piece of you here and responding to you in this way um, and wanting to work with you. What have you seen as far as your um, work and its impact on people? Can you define what your work is and then go into the impact? Yes. So I am a public speaking coach that specializes in amplifying the voices of women of color and supporting diverse teams with their communication skills. So people come to me for multiple reasons, but the main reason is that they want to feel like they can own and activate their voices and live out their missions through public speaking. Like they want to be able to do that. In my coaching side of my business, I have 
an incubator, a public speaking incubator called the Catalyst Academy. And it is a 12 month incubator for women of color leaders who want to grow their thought leadership through public speaking. And what happens is that these women not only want to obviously be paid and known public speakers, but they know that public speaking is the vehicle in which they can do their greater work. And so mm -hmm. we specifically only invite mission-driven women that have a really powerful uh, work and, 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 and to be able to, to, to support them in that. And my particular approach and my framework is that you cannot do public speaking without the inner work right? You need three parts. So you absolutely need the in inner work, which is identifying like who you are and what you uniquely bring as a speaker and what you want to do in this world and your unique strengths and detaching, as you mentioned, narrative, detaching from previous narratives that don't serve you. Because I think women, but especially with women of color, there are so many things that are trying to dictate how we need to show up in the world, like how we need to speak, how we do our hair, how we yes. do this and that in different places. And even if we disagree with those narratives, they still can permeate our consciousness. They still can come through and be like those voices on the shoulder. And, and we think we've done our work, but then you get into a bigger room and you're in spaces where nobody looks like you and you're trying to talk about this or that. And so we've learned these behaviors to adjust to those environments. And often really what it takes to show up and being confident is not necessarily like doing those things that you see, but like identifying your things and taking away the stuff that doesn't serve you. And mm -hmm. so we talk about, I, I work on those kinds of things with my clients and we work on like hardcore and not even hardcore. I don't know how much, well, for me <laughs> speaking is hardcore, but like really uh, specific direct public speaking skills. So like how to build a talk from concept to delivery, you know, how to really serve and connect with your audience as far as delivery, how to eliminate those actual things that may not be bad, like verbal fillers or different behaviors, but they are not serving you. And so how to remove those things and include the things that are uniquely you, how to, how to pivot with different, different areas of your, your speaking to like, okay, how do you do a keynote? How do you do a podcast interview? How do you do, you know, a training? And then also how do they amplify this? Like now that you've done your inner work, you know how to build and craft a talk and how to deliver and serve. How do you get your message out there? And so how do you get booked? How do you connect with those people? How do you really like, we don't just like help you build it. Like we, we're a full service shop where you yeah. do the inner work, you do the creation and you do the amplification of your work. And that is what I do in my incubator. I transitioned from one-on-one -on -one coaching maybe about six months ago. And wow. it's been like the best transition because it is like such a really powerful community of women that, that, that get so much out of that. And so that's the coaching part. And the training part is where companies, like we were mentioning, like the CEO not knowing yeah. <laughs> how, how to connect. Companies bring me in to serve their, their diverse teams with, with my same frameworks. And so I teach them how to own and activate their voices in the public speaking environments that are within their company. And so whether they're doing presentations, leading meetings, or just having to interact because everything is public speaking. Even yes. if you're, this is public speaking, you know, just us on the podcast and Zoom, like everything is public speaking, but really getting them to do the inner work and outer work to be able to be impactful speakers. And often this is like, be better leaders to be, you know, to serve the team for the team to have their own goals. And so they'll have me in and do, you know, short-term and longer-term trainings to help support them so they can move cohesively and communicate cohesively as a team. So yeah. that is how I serve folks. And I'm also a podcaster just like you and have a yes. sharing with Rhonda. Yeah. I love it. And I, I want to really hone in on the inner work component because we've talked about that particularly with your business and how um, we're facing fears, leadership, embracing imposter syndrome, all of those things. Um, what are you seeing with your clients around the inner work, specifically around women of color? Because everything that you just said, I can 100% relate to. Um, there is this vision that society has around public speaking, how people present themselves. And I'm very, I feel very strongly, and we've already mentioned this, that leadership can look like so many different things. Yeah. So when it comes to that inner work, what are you tackling? So here's the thing with, with, with women of color, and just, I think everybody deals with this, but it's a unique conversation with women of color, which is why I pivoted to serve us, is that it, 
there is a different conversation when you're talking about speaking confidently, when you are dealing with sexism and racism and class, like all the, like we get all the isms together. <laughs> we just get that ass, lovely package. We get this lovely, like psh, not, in a bowl. Great. Um, <laughs> and, and where we have to show up confidently. And I think there's a lot of general, and it's not bad, but general confidence advice out there. Like, you know, know your voice and own who you are. And just like, don't get me started on lean in, lean in and all that other conversation. <laughs> but for us, we are judged more harshly. We have harsher expectations. We're often working harder and not receiving what we, what we deserve for it. And there's so many layers that we're working through to even open our mouth. There's so many questions that we're asking ourselves and so much that we have to go through that, that, that men don't have to experience, that white men don't have to experience for sure. And, and so, and even with my clients who, and I, I've seen plenty, like love my white women clients, <laughs> love my wife. Yeah. but like seeing them, like they have some similar stuff, but it was not, I was seeing that it was not the same conversation and people will be coming to me. Like, I want to work on this, this is this. And I'm just like, but she doesn't even believe her words are worthy. And she doesn't mm. even believe that she belongs in the room. And so we got to get to that stuff. And so just like I was mentioning before, it has a lot to do with being attached to narratives and behaviors that are not serving you. Yes. Whether you think that this is the way you're supposed to talk, or this is the way you have to code switch in this environment, or this is the way that, that presenters are supposed to present. And if you follow my work, you've heard me talk about presenter mode, which is like, I see these vibrant women that show up and like, girl, I'm this and that, and like so much life. But as soon as it's time to be the presenter or the speaker, there's a veil or like, yes. like, a, like, like yeah. a lowering of a wall that shows up. And I miss all the wonderful dynamics of you. But I know that that's not just because you think that's how it's supposed to be. I know it's some other stuff in there. And it's right. not just the systemic stuff. It's like, what's going on with family? Like, what have you been told about yourself and how you, have you been told that you're too loud or too aggressive or too quiet? Like if, if depending on that, like, cause you know, I feel like women of color have to, and it depends on the, you know, the type of women, like black women are told one thing, Asian women are told another thing. Uh, Latinas are told another thing. And so, you know, so like, it's often like who I have to be in this, like I'm doing like a double Dutch move for your listeners. Yes. Like who do I have to be <laughs> in this space? And totally. the reality is like, everybody's going to have their perception of you. Yeah. You can't control that, but you can create the narrative for yourself. So we spend a lot of work, like letting go of that sis. Like, what is, what is that? Who told you that you like, why are you using this language when you speak? And like, what is this hand gesture that doesn't look like you that you're seeming to need to do because you right. feel like somebody has told you that this is how leaders are. Or maybe you've looked at these women that you're like, I want to speak like that, but you're imitating them. Mm. And instead of like really identifying what are your strengths that you can serve the audience with versus what other people are doing because you like what they're doing because that works for them because that's their thing. What's your thing? Right. Your Authenticity thing? is everything. Yeah. And to hit these roadblocks over and over and over again, where you are told that you need to fit into a certain box mm -hmm. is exhausting. And yeah we're often presented with the fact that we have to present ourselves in a certain way to be presentable. And it is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I really, really appreciate you saying what you're saying right now, because I know that there are women out there who need to hear this in this moment, that you can be yourself, that you can refine your communication skills while being authentically you. In fact, yes. that the world needs that because we need to see more women of color being who they are yes. um, and embracing the fact that uh, they are maybe that boisterous, loud person in the room, yes. or maybe they're a little more shy. Like, sure. That's okay. I want to add something to this too, yes. but as we talk about this, because here's a pushback that we get, and this is what I'm evolving to. And I think I'm curious what you think about this. Yeah. I am struggling with the word authenticity because mm. that is also a privilege that we don't get either. Right. Because while I want you to lean into your authentic things, I do know that sometimes we are punished for that. You know what I mean? Like you have people like, you know, these, these Cardi B's and those, they are outliers, but in many environments, 
you will get punished for showing up. And so like, I have to speak to that too, of like, I want you to be authentic, but Mm. I know the system doesn't always allow it. And that's the part that we can't control. But what I like to say is that I believe in intentional authenticity and that's how you take your power back. And so um, intentional authenticity means that you can decide what parts you want to show up and what parts you do not. And not because they told you to, but what's effective, like what is going to serve you. And it doesn't mean that you mute parts, but that means that I get to choose. You don't, you don't always deserve my authenticity to be honest, right? right? Like, can we talk about that? And I think like, that's the, that's the other layer. Like, and that's where I come in with like, when, when the women of color who work with me, but I'm like, I get it. I get it. I remember growing up and people saying that I had an attitude when I was really very shy and people pleasing and sweet, but they just associated black women with attitude. And so they just said it and it didn't matter what I could have done. They were going to think that because that's how you view a black woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, racism is it's here. Like we can't, you, your job is not to fix all of that. Your job is to take your power back and be like, I'm going to wear these bright red earrings. I'm going to wear my hair natural. I'm not going to co-switch or maybe I am because I don't feel like it right. I don't feel like, you know, giving you all my goodness because you don't deserve it. But like, that's how you actually take your power back. And I feel like that can be true. I'm speaking about my experience as a black woman, but like my clients who are Asian, who are Latina, like we have these same conversations about it. And it's just like, you get to decide. That's your power. Oh, I 100% agree with you. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because I, I totally agree. I mean, I've talked about on this show how um, we are combating, well, two things I've talked about. We are combating white supremacy culture constantly. And that um, happens in the boardroom. It happens in Mm -hmm. conference rooms. It happens in front of presentations, you know, white supremacy culture dictates perfectionism. It dictates worshiping the written word, getting defensive, you know, they're just so the sense of urgency and having Mm -hmm. your, that presentation be five minutes and be perfect, you know? And I, and I think there is so much that we are combating around white supremacy culture um, that comes to directly impacting the work that you're doing and also allowing people to but like you telling people you're allowed to um, give people as much as you want to give is so powerful because I think we're always uh, we're always supposed to be giving, giving, giving. Mm-hmm. Um, put yourself out there. Do you know? Do you is what we're hearing all the time, mm-hmm. and I think that can be very challenging because that's not always, as you're saying, embracing your power in the way that you might want to be embracing it in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about my experience in prior jobs where I was working for nonprofits, where it was a very structured corporate environment. Mm. And I felt very, um, much like the outlier. I was the only person of color on the team. Um, there was like, I'm wearing a blazer today, but it's like a cute one that I want to be wearing. It's fun, but I, thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there was a requirement that when we went into a meeting and it was, you know, it was said, it was kind of like also unsaid that you had to be wearing certain things and looking a certain way in order for it to qualify as being appropriate for a business meeting. And just even those small things, not even talking about the language, not even going into that part of it, but the presentation in itself, um, like you were mentioning, there are people in our culture who are outliers in these situations, but there are moments where you are, you know, you, you do conform to these certain standards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I'm very curious how, like, what kind of responses you're getting to that work right now? And like, what sort of things you're seeing in your clients as far as their transformations? I mean, and not like really saying transformation, but really like showing up, you know? I mean, I will say this, and this is not, me like me ego Rhonda like I'm I'm a bomb coach you can I don't mind if you say that (laughs) but like when I speak to this in 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 women of color they're just like 
yes. Oh, when I'm, I'm like on fire so right much. now. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like more, more, more because they're so, they have been waiting for someone to, to, they've been waiting for, they, we need to be seen and heard so much mm-hmm. and they want that per. they want, they, they hear it. They, it's like the bomb that they need to be honest. And I'm just like, I'm not going to say it's not a whole, like, this is a racist country. This built on, like, I know what you are experiencing on all the levels. And here's what you still are powerful and you still can own the room and you still can do that. And like, I, I just don't want you doing all the work like you. Yes. And I'm just, I'm just taking like, yes, you're not, you in one speech is not going to take down white supremacy, girl. Right. Like you in one speech is not going to change sexism, is not going to change classism, homophobia, all the things, all the ob- obias and the isms. But what your job is to serve your audience and to uh, align with your unique strengths and get rid of all that stuff because it's getting in the way of your mission. And like, you know, navigate away from that, move through it so you can really serve. And so, you know, a lot of people like, so this is what people think they're going to get from me. And then when they get the whole thing, they were like, they're always like, girl, I don't, I didn't know I needed this, but like, can we do this again? <laughs> like, right. Cause they're like, I want to, I want to be a better speaker. I want to be confident. I want to, I want to feel like they'll name a speaker. I want to do all of these things. This is literally what they say. And I'm like, okay. And so I start to ask some very important questions about the inner work. And I'm like, oh, yes. Like, so, so, but I let them know and I'm very transparent. I'm just like, I will give you, and you will hear me saying this on every single podcast. I will give you all the tips and the tricks and the tools. I got some stuff under my sleeve from being a therapist, from being a speech therapist, being an actor, like we're going to have a ball. But if you haven't done that inner work, it's not going to work. 100%. 100. I mean, that's, that's why I started the show because I was feeling like, there, I, I didn't see a, a leader that looked like me. I didn't see, you know, I didn't know how people were doing this. I didn't know how people were embracing their leadership. How were women getting six figure jobs, you know, doing all this stuff. And I was like, I have to talk to people mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I have to connect with them and understand why they are who they are and what they're going through and have, let's have authentic conversations about what we're all doing right now and like why we're in this world and my passion just like you is uplifting and empowering women's voices and stories because that's what will show other women there there is room for you and there's so many other people going through exactly what you are going through in this moment and you know, this just is making me think to the top of the show of you sitting there with your newborn baby and holding that baby and nursing that baby and loving and putting all of your love into this person and realizing you need that too. And you needed to Mm -hmm. embrace yourself and grow and have that love too. Because I do think there is that moment in motherhood, particularly for me, where it was this realization of, oh, I, I have to be putting time and energy into myself yeah. and whether you have a child or not there is going to be that transformation in your life where you need to know that you can like put yourself out into the world and everything will be okay yeah and I'm curious you know now that you have grown this business and I cannot believe we're getting to our hour um <laughs> wild um what has happened to you internally and what has happened to your yourself and your mindset? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> when I say that it has been the biggest, so aligning, starting a business around the same time that I was a new mom, it is so deeply aligned and intertwined uh, because we know this motherhood is acquiring a new identity. Yes. It, that's what it is. And so it's a, it's somewhat similar when you start a business because, you know, Simply Speech Solutions is my baby. And it's, you know, it's like I have twins, right? <laughs> you know, in many ways, but it, it has shown me so much about myself. It has been therapeutic. Sometimes it's also been like my biggest teacher. It's been extremely difficult is I've had a, like a, a, a uh, it's been like a fight relationship of like, <laughs> you know what, let me go look up some jobs real quick. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, you're in you know, a boxing been, match. <laughs> yeah. It's been a boxing match. It's been, it's been a lot, but like, 
it has really unearthed so much that I never imagined that I could do, that I that I should do. It has aligned my life's missions and and it's it's just emerged a whole new version of me, probably that was already already there, but not right. really getting the attention and having the clarity and focus and and just um I don't know, audacity to do some of the things. And now, you know. It's it's aligning with a lot of things. So like I think motherhood does that on its own. Yes. Right. As just like you know, if you don't know who you are, you about to figure it out. Oh, one hundred percent, mama. If you, you don't know what you want. Motherhood will be like, you want this? <laughs> like, yes. Loud. Yes. Loud screaming. And so like I feel like it's a similar thing with business. Like you you gotta you know I don't like like win like this game. This is not my favorite analogy, but you got to be in it to win it. <laughs> I think, mm. and it's just like you have to think about the long game, and it's it's it's, 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 it's changed. I'm, I, I don't want to say more confident, but I'm so much more Rhonda than I've ever been. It's also aligning with like, I'm at the end of a decade. Um, I'm 39 now. And so like, uh, while you can have different things you learn at different times, there's something really unique and transformative about your thirties. And so like, now that I'm, you know, next year I'll be into another decade and I feel like I'm a whole nother woman. And I, I really, I go to therapy one time, sometimes two times a week. I do yes. all my work. I'm not perfect. I'm growing. I get hard, hard lessons. And like, there's a lot that I need to learn, but I'm really starting to, to embrace all parts of me. And, and I don't think like business, me starting a business, I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I've done had mm-hmm. I not, had I not, or, or just gotten to this place. And so Well, I'm, I'm grateful you did number one. And I'm grateful that you had the audacity as you were saying to come out of, you know, these places that you wanted to come out of and and grow and build this person and this changed you. Um, And I am so grateful you've created this space for women of color to find their voices and to share their stories in this way that you're describing and you have been describing because offering that space and um, having that incubator, I think is, I know it's changing people's lives. And so I'm very grateful for you taking that step and that leap, because I know that there are so many people who need that, um, and particularly women of color who need that. Uh, for people who are interested in working with you, um, where can they find you and, and you know, how can they be in touch with you? Well, I'm on all social media at, at It's Simply Speech. That's Twitter and Instagram. I'm, I'm more often on Instagram. Um, LinkedIn is Rhonda Khan, and you can look up my company, Simply Speech Solutions, at www.simplyspeechsolutions.com and, and apply for the Catalyst Academy if you're a woman of color looking to grow your thought leadership through public speaking. We have rolling admissions, and we're always looking for more incredible women to be a part of our community. Beautiful. Thank you, Rhonda. I'm just so grateful for your time today. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. It was just beautiful having you here. And to our listeners, please, please go follow Rhonda, take her up on this beautiful offer. And um, we will see you in the next episode of Growing Woman. Oh, and in Brooklyn, I have a truck coming by. So that's a beautiful way to end our show. (laughs) And don't forget your story matters and you matter. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you.